Hiya, friends, and uh, welcome to this week's installment of that weird program called the Montana Musical Experiments Podcast. I am, as you might have guessed, Alex. This is week 13, and I am excited. I, ha I have to say that loud so that everybody hears me <laughs> saying it. I'm excited because we are about to move away from the second phase in MMXP history. The second phase is the rather focused pop rock, not, not as much rock, but that pop mental thing that you heard a lot of on, uh, on this soft fabric satellite the change and the demos that came right before that. Let me bring you all up to speed as to where we are. We are coming off the whole uh, experience of this soft fabric satellite. Now, this was a um, pretty, like I said, it was a dramatic experience. It was music that I enjoyed for once. I, I mean, this soft fabric satellite was played a lot of times. I played it a lot. Um, I actually managed to persuade the local library in Lund that they should have a demo shelf where you could borrow demos from artists like me because the music stores were all gone. And they weren't hesitant because there were rights issues and then there was the concept of this not actually... Some of these things were not... Uh, were not specifically um, CDs, right? It was burned homemade CDs that you would bring in and let people borrow. And uh, but I, I was I was pretty hesitant and, and really gave them a tough time explaining to them that this would be so great for the musical the music in, in Lund specifically. Uh, and eventually, they did budge. They set up a demo shelf where anybody could come in and say, I want to put this there, and they would put on a barcode on it, and you could borrow it for two weeks or, or a month or whatever it was. So I am um, I am pretty, pretty, pretty satisfied with that one. And as the last time I checked a couple of years back, this soft fabric satellite is still available for... Uh, for for lending so that's cool i mean it's i it, the thing you know by now in the history of mmxp i have completely given up on the fact that i should send my tapes or my cds to somebody it was um it just didn't occur to me it was absolutely you know it was just nope I made it because I thought it was fun to make, so uh, I'm going to keep it to myself and listen to it, and I'm going to be satisfied about that, and that is pretty good. I mean, if, if you like that, it's, it's, it's nice, you know, you can, you can do that. Or at least that is the way 
I decided I wanted to do it. Until now. <laughs> coming off... Um, coming off this soft fabric satellite, there was a period just afterwards that ran all the way into April where I would still be working on small bits and pieces of music that I felt that like, yeah, I can do this, you know, I mean, I, I really wanted to make a good version of Losing You and I tried again and again and again and it didn't work. I made a Swedish song which is really out of my comfort zone singing in Swedish calling uh, sorry um, with the title come to me and disappear I'm gonna keep that one for myself for a future project but um, it was fun I mean to date I might have written three or four songs um, in Swedish so uh, that is still undiscovered territory We are in 2000, the millennia has come and gone, um, life goes on in Alex's world, I have, I, I can't remember what I was up to, uh, probably nothing because I was very productive, but come summer and um, in, in, in and around uh, the period leading up to and just beyond um, the Roskilde festival, which was an annual highlight for me and my friends, we used to go every year. I went 11 or 12 times in total. I started working on uh, two things that really defines clearly where I am going to. The first one is a track called Bad Man Walking. the track you're hearing in the background it's uh, basically piano and uh, and organ driven and then a bass running out in the background this track I think I think I might have had an idea of um, something cinematic a sound track thing going and a couple of weeks later I started working on some concepts which is is a hodgepodge of um, new stuff including the one I just mentioned Batman walking and I started working on the lost trip again now this is kind of strange for me to go to that point of going back again and saying, you know, and the reason is 
I had met up again with my good friend Nils Peelblad. Nils, as you will find out, became a very, very, um, very uh, important part in my musical career. And he, well, he and I had met up and we kind of met up and, and started started talking and having a good times and going out and drinking coffee and, and whatnot. And uh, I said to him, I want to do, I want to do the last trip. And, and he said, why? And I said, well, because I never finished it. And, and he said, well, Alex, um, you know, that's not a good idea. And I said, it's a great idea. You just got to vision it, you know? You got, you got to vision the idea in front of you. You got all that and you got the films we made and I had checked the tapes and all of that. I was being a bit nostalgic. And I said to him, you know, we need to do, we need to do, uh, we need to make music for this. And I think, you know, after working on him for a couple of weeks, he actually started to budge. He started to go into it and I began, ma began making, um, I began making these uh, very crude storyboards that I brought to him and said, this is the, this is the scene where uh, they're sitting, you know, these are the tape men. And he said, what are the tape men, Alex? And I said, oh, you know, these, these two dudes sitting on a bench and they got their head wrapped in electrical tape. I tried that once. It hurt like hell. I even saw at this point in, in time from, from, you know, uh, July 2000, late July 2000, created something called Concept One. It's a really strange thing, and I, I mentioned this one before. I mentioned it back when we, when I was talking about behind her, in front of me, that I would pick up something and say, "This is, um, this is what I, you know, I, I want this as a song title on my album. I, I want to make a song title of it." And I would sit down and start, you know, plotting out the different bits and pieces. I did not have the music for it. I just wanted something to go by. You know, I wanted I wanted to make myself an album, so I'm going to give you bits and pieces of this. This is um, partially based on material I had already written. There's a track called "A Square Circle," completely wild. A square circle doesn't exist. Neither does the pattern for this number. Oh my! It sounds amazing. Lost in a spheric wood of abstract colors. Bubbling, whining, a dandy doodle, a dandy doodle. <laughs> One more time. Bubbling, whining, a dandy doodle, where the bridge is a reference, as in creep explosion, though far more psychedelic. No matter how I try, I can't get high. Note clearly influenced by Sid Barrett's solo songs. Don't it feel good to be lost in the woods and stoned alone? Nah, I could probably, if I tried it, do something about that. 
uh, and, and this one called Shrapnel of a Distorted Brain Instrumental. Number of slowly pulsing, exploding, and back. Heartbeat Pickmeat. Now that is a uh, Pink Floyd song, by the way. Note, curiously close to the main concept of escape sequence. So at some point, I think I might have had the idea of weaving, bending things into this scheme, right? Maybe I would use and rename some of the original soundscape things. Maybe I just... Maybe I just, you know, sat around and said, nah, well, I'm make some cool titles and then I'm going to make the music for it. A troll was munching on a bar of chocolate. Right. And then, finally, last train out of the London nightlife. Which isn't the song you're listening to, but it sounds like this. Terrible gibberish. Splintered memories looming up out of the time fog. Just press play. Play, 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 play. I was filled to the brim with ideas of what I could do, what I was about to do, and I had Nils Peelblad on my side actually collaborating with me to create something. There was ideas running high and low. We started having sessions. We sat down and started working on various concepts. It wasn't sessions. It was more like we would have a discussion saying, we want to make this kind of music. And he was very much into uh, Tool and, and Nine Inch Nails and stuff like that. So he wanted to make industrial music and I wanted to, you know, go on with my progressive psychedelic thing that I still was, you know, into. And we basically said, you know, let's, let's just make some kind of sample music. And we started, you know, just recording stuff from all over the place. I'm going to get back to that because that is the core package of what was to become BZP. I had my concept. I was kind of working on the, you know, the idea of where do I take the lost trip from here? And we were basically all set up when we went to the Roskilde Festival of 2000. And there was an accident, a pretty bad accident, at a Pearl Jam concert. I was at the concert, not in the audience, but I was at the concert uh, sitting a bit off, um, minding my own business. Not having a good time, let me, let me be pretty pretty you know i had a pretty f fucked up year uh or ross killed the year it was a bad experience it was cold it was damp it was raining i was chilled to the bone and uh, this happens and i just freaked uh, by that whole thing and decided 
it's probably time for me to go back home to Sweden again. That was the starting point of um, a rather hectic phase of sessions and stories being uh, print printed down, recorded as I, you know, progressed uh, through it, and actually by August, you gotta. This is within a month. Me and Nils had kinda kind of worked out things where I'd done stuff and demoed it and he had helped me with something and I suddenly sat down and I had an instrumental EP. Let's call it an EP. It's a seven track recording consisting of the following tracks. Some of them are played already here. A Bad Man Walking, Last Train Out of London. From that Concept One project, Dark Things, Drift Away, The Day Sanity Died, The Subway Station, and then finally Dreams of English Rain. I called it Mute. And the reason I called it Mute was quite simple. I had broken my microphone. So I couldn't record... I could still do guitars if I wanted to, but I, I couldn't do voice. Basically, you know, it. I, I, I intended mute as a demonstration of a new tendency in my way of making music, right? Shifting a bit from one side to another. Going from a very structured, firmly fixed pop area with guitars and vocals and pianos to beats and loops, basically. And synthesizers in all honesty it's not synthesizers just like that's not strings on um, on the soft fabric satellite they are sound font banks now i don't know if you ever work with sound fonts but it's uh, basically a sound package sample package combined into a layout that you can apply to a digital piano and uh, I had a digital piano I could play it on my keyboard by pressing the right kind of buttons or I could use my my normal keyboard and line it in to the computer and then record myself it was a very strange process uh, it was lined by using a media out and then a gain port in but I actually did manage to record and I got a couple of sample packs of um, vintage audio with a lot of, you know, these more uncommon sounds. And it blew my mind because to me, I could do a lot of things with it. It's, it's a rather drastical shift from being a pop guy singing about love to talking about bad things and people getting killed. I was preparing myself for the whole experience of becoming BCP with Nils. This gradually occurred while I was involved in making the Mute project. But he had a very different opinion as to what he wanted it to sound. And 
those two things just didn't mix. So if I brought 10 demo recordings to a BCB meeting, he would throw out nine and a half of them and say, I can work with that thing, but the rest of it, nah, it's not going to work out. And that is probably for the best because that helped me to become something that I hadn't tried before. I was kind of doing my thing and then I was doing a little bit of BCP on the side and eventually BCP gradually took over. By the end of the year, I had recorded various small sessions for myself, working on my own tracks, starting off in July and ending out in, in, in October and all the way, most likely up until December, I was still doing my things. Up until then, I was doing MMXP things. And then, start of December, it's all Revisiting Mute after a lot of time, I decided to make it a compilation. The version that I originally mentioned, the seven track version, is kind of just half the story because there are several movements in it. It's also an album which kind of symbolizes how I am gradually moving out of one area and into a completely new one. And for that compilation, I used or I actually decided at the very end that once I fixed my microphone, which I did, I did make attempts to record some, you know, classic, what I consider classic MMXP tracks, meaning guitars and song and stuff like that. And these tracks um, were very rudimentary, very gritty and grainy, you know, uh, you know, but at the same time, I feel and think even to this day that these songs might actually be somewhat better. One of them did go on my best of sampler, shameless self promotion. No, I didn't call insert self uh, little blah, title here, blah, title. The one I put on SoundCloud. I'm going to play that one afterward, but this one is kind of nice. It's me, all right? Doing my thing with the guitar. You say that you want back yesterday. Why
We must have had a fight, I think. I think if you can relate to that bit, sitting there complaining about how everything used to be so good when you just loved me, you know. I still love you, baby. You know, nothing has changed. It's a nice song. You know, I, I put it, it, it's on mute because I want people to hear it. Mute only exists because I decided it exists. I didn't make, I, I made the covers for it, I, I designed it, it was, it was very nice looking covers. Uh, I'm not supposed to say what it is, uh, you know, I might get in trouble for it, you know, but it, it does include my, my lady, and it might have been kinda naughty. Not entirely naughty, but kinda naughty. Uh, but it's, it's, it's been warped so much afterwards, you know, so it doesn't really, really matter all that much. Mute is a farewell album seeing or and letting go of the structured singer-songwriting Alex Allstrand, sending him off to where he was going. And there's actually a pretty good reason for it, because I had worked my mind out to make a good impression with um, this soft fabric satellite and eventually people just were kind of back to Meh. it was ah, come on Alex bird song you can do better or uh, you know it's it's nice it's too long and I said I know it's too long you know my my idea of a three-minute pop song is six and a half minutes so <laughs> go figure you know my preferred A side takes up all side. And if I can do the A side as a B side, then I prefer doing both. So yeah, mute. A hodgepodge, a mix of the sound you make when you're transgressing through styles, learning to do something new. The next one is going to be far more interesting because it's going to be a compact project so deviously constructed that I'm not even sure that I can give it all away the way I intended it to. And no, it's not BCP. And why is it not BCP even though BCP is coming up right here? Well, or I wrote that on Instagram back in uh, pretty early on saying chronological or plain logical order. So we're, we're gonna do MMXP first, and then we're gonna tap into the madness and the mayhem debauchery that is BCP. Thank you again to all of you, drivers and cookers and uh, I was about to say hookers, to you too, of course, if you were listening. Really, have a good one. I'll be back next week on the Montanico Musical Experiments podcast and then we're going to talk items. 
and we're going to talk about it a lot. About stuff you do and stuff you don't. This is Future Alex, and I would just like to make a clarifying statement about a thing I said in the podcast. In the beginning, I mentioned that I had met up with my friend Nils and that we were having coffee. I would like to clarify that coffee is not a code word for sex. I know I used tea as a reference to having sex with somebody before, but in this episode, coffee means coffee, not having a gay thing. Because I sure as hell never did that with Nils. Coffee means coffee, not sex.